Hey, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. And we have been friends for over a decade. And each week we call one another. We talk for an hour or so. And then we catch up. <laughs> Even if Joe says he's so hungry, he has to do this really fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm so hungry. But Mike, 11 minutes. No. Okay, it was 11 minutes. Maybe oh, time's going really slow for me. But still, Joe, when we first started talking, Joe's like, I'm really hungry, but I have this dinner party to go to, so let's just record. And then he, then he's like, oh, but I have one story. And then 15 minutes later, here we are. It was a rant. I went on a rant. Oh, it was a rant, too. I didn't say, I don't think I said anything other than, uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, no, I believe I go, it was like the show. Yeah. And then uh-huh. Mike did a news story. And I'm like, uh-huh. okay, well, let's let's record now. Um, yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week without fail. We never miss a week. I posted, um, I just yeah. changed my profile picture on uh, Facebook, Joey. I saw that. Wait, no, is that and the one with the, the prom one? No, oh. that was Twitter. Um, <laughs> but I just changed my profile picture, and it's with me and these two uh, women. And somebody commented on it, a really awful, disgusting judgmental comment you're welcome and, then, and uh, it wasn't you it was oh. this weird woman i don't really i when she betsy carmichael she, she basically commented so it's three of us and she said oh you standing next to those two makes you look skinny <gasps> right and so oh, when i read it i had to read God. it like five times because i'm like she couldn't really have just meant that though right <laughs> i would like, delete I, that comment i would delete it well, now I can't because now it's uh, the American Civil War is taking place <gasps> oh, in the really? comment thread. Yeah, I mean, I have smart, ha- supportive, happy people as my friends, so they're all kind of taking care of it themselves. But she's fighting it. She's like, I don't know what's wrong with saying just saying the truth. People who can't handle the truth are are lying about something or something like that. I don't. Yeah. It's bizarre. And I voted um, for Trump. That seems to be the new thing now. <laughs> Have you seen that that video from Michaels? No. Oh, go ahead. Is it in Chicago? She did it in Michaels and one other place. Oh, I don't know. Some woman who had a, a fit at Michaels, and she's talking like, "Yeah, that's right. I voted for Trump. What about it? Out of nowhere, and everyone's like, "Okay, so what?" <laughs> she's having a meltdown at Michaels. Which, by the way, I will say this: Look, I don't, I don't support a lot of the things this woman was saying, but I've been at Michaels many times, and I want to have a meltdown <laughs> because Michaels is this place where it's you know, like you go to Target, someone's going to buy soap and toilet paper and um, a million other things, right? Michaels, yeah. it they have to ring up each little bobble and each little bead and each little piece of string, and you're like. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. And they, they always only have two people working. And you go to the Michael's person... more than me, I think. I only, I've gone to Michael's to purchase something in my life maybe five times. Maybe. Well, I didn't want to tell you. I run a craft fair um, in my spare oh. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you go to Michael's a lot. That's interesting. Yeah, I do a lot of decoupage. And uh, I I take uh, make, you know, I get like um, autumn like the fake autumn flowers and I put them in like styrofoam balls. It's it's a whole and I take I stain card um I stain like like treasure boxes that haven't been st- stained yet. They're unstained wood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your your house is also full of like porcelain figurines that came already made, but you just painted them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I make jewelry. 
Uh-huh. I do all sorts of things. Cool. But, um, okay, so wait, so so are these women defending themselves on this Facebook? Yeah, the friends in the picture already commented and did their piece, but then also other friends of mine are coming to their defense. And it's just, but my comment number is. Have you commented? Yes, a couple, a couple. I mean, they're doing a good job of kind of doing it themselves, but I've said a little bit, not much, but. I don't Thanks. feel like I need to say Happy much. face. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, thank no. you. I got to walk around with these two more often. <laughs> Stop. Uh, so what's up with you? Do they listen to the show? Um, I don't think... It, the the friends in the photo you're asking? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. One of the friends uh, was a big what some would call lies listener wow. and 12-minute stories listener. In wow. fact, she submitted a 12-minute story, but I don't think she listens to this piece of But why of is shit she got to be big? Oh. <laughs> I didn't even get that um, until it took me a, you know, a minute. But How are you, Joey? I'm What's doing going on? Very I know well. you're hungry, so we have oh to speed God. through this. And you know what's so funny is again, I think we, we have to speed about this through this while you do the material you have on Michael's. <laughs> <laughs> my big Michael hunk that yeah, I have. I got there. my Michael bit in. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, um, so here's the thing. You know, going back to the hunger is like people always think that like fat people want cupcakes and shit like that. I could, I could, I couldn't care less about cupcakes. I don't give a shit about cupcakes. You know what I would kill for right now? A like pizza. A whole, like a family-sized bag of Doritos. Oh. I don't know that – I mean, I'm sure there's big people that like cupcakes and there's big people oh, that yeah, like yeah, Doritos. Yeah. Just like there's you know skinny people that are sweets people and skinny people that are not. I can take or leave sweets. Yeah. I, I can't – I don't think I could leave them. I could leave them. So. Yeah, I'm at everything though, because I I could also Doritos not so much, but I do like uh, a good kind of uh, my new thing salt and pepper chip, like a chip that mm-hmm. has both salt and pepper on it. Mm. But you know what I'm a big, you know what I'm a, what's your what are your food guilty pleasures? Because you know what's another thing I'm a crazy, strangely a huge fan of, like obsessed with. What's that? Like shitty tortilla chips with that shitty nacho cheese and like jalapeno slices. Uh, oh my the god! The shitty nacho that. cheese is really good. <laughs> I know, I love it. And it's one of those things like you feel guilty from bite one. Like it's oh, yeah. never you never think that it's a good thing to eat, but no. you still eat it. Like some like some things you could kind of trick yourself into being like, well, like one bite or two bites. You know, this isn't you know that bad for me but no. i don't feel like any of it is good for you no but you just open a can like, of just this orange shit and you're like what is, i don't know i don't know what it is i don't want to know what it is yeah but Why is it, it vegan <laughs> is it vegan really i might be i don't know for sure but i wouldn't be surprised would you it's basically just oil and yeah i don't know orange. what i don't know what it is anyway uh mike lawson my friend i have a friend i have several friends who are stand-up comedians one of them being uh melissa mcqueen friend of the show melissa mcqueen who always every time i see her tells me like oh god i gotta listen to your podcast right i don't think she's listened in maybe four years mm-hmm. and uh but she's a stand-up comedian and she's uh, been uh, she's been blowing up as we say in the business and recently she's gotten on this thing where she's a regular host at the comedy store legendary comedy club the comedy store on sunset boulevard 
And she hosts these shows that have like huge comedy names on them, like huge, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, I never go, but one day I just happened to be right by the comedy store, and I knew she was doing a show that night. And I texted her, and she goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, come by." And and the guy who usually runs the show is not here, so you can come backstage. So I go backstage at the comedy store, and whatever, it's just hanging out at the backstage of the comedy store, you know, hanging out with comics. That's that's actually kind of fun, believe it or not, you know. But um, the last comic on the lineup is this guy named. Bobby Lee. He used to be on Mad TV. Yeah, I know who he is. Okay. And there were other comics too leading up to him. And and as the shows start coming together, as the show's going, everyone's like, oh my God, Bobby's still not here. And then somebody's like, Bobby's actually here, but he's doing another show. And it turns out now they're like, well, the show's been running like over two and a half hours at this point. The, the Whoever's in charge is like, you know what? Just call it. Just this guy is going to be the last comic and just send the audience home, right? Like, Bobby's still on stage somewhere else, and he's not going to make it in time. So McQueen ends the show, says goodnight, and she comes backstage. Everyone leaves, and it's just me and McQueen hanging out backstage. She's getting ready. We're going to go to a bar after, right? And she's, like, putting on makeup in the on the mirror, and, and, and then she's like, I wonder what happened to Bobby Lee. It kind of sucks. You know, and then right when she says that, Bobby Lee walks in, okay. and he goes, "Are you talking about me?" And she's just doing the like, uh, 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 and I go, "No, no, no, we were talking about something else." And I, there's actually a really oh, God, I hate when this happens, but something else really super awkward happened during the show backstage. But I feel it's one of those. It's one of those stories I think Melissa even said, don't talk about this on your podcast. And I was like, I only talk about stories about me on the podcast. I'm not going to tell this story. So I can't tell the story, which means Michael will tell you the air. Okay. So, um, so I go, no, no, we were talking about this other awkward thing that happened. We tell him that story. But what's weird is he, he, he turns to me and he goes, are you a stand-up comic? And I go, well, you know. And then McQueen goes, yeah, he used to be a comic, but now he's on Sirius Satellite Radio. And he has two really good podcasts. <laughs> And, okay. And Bobby Lee. You goes, know what? She's she does a good job of shining the turd. Like, oh yeah, she does. <laughs> when you put it that way, you sound like you are. I know they have shit going on. Like the wow. richest, busiest man on the planet. Yeah, I do have two podcasts, <laughs> and I am on Sirius Satellite Radio every week on one on one with Larry Flick on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel One Hundred Five. Now <laughs> I think Tuesday. We're this. I'm going to be on every day, not every day of the week, but like my day of the week's going to move. It used to be Fridays. Now it was Mondays. Now it might be Tuesdays or Wednesdays. I'm not suddenly. Sure. I'm going to have to start calling you Larry. You're like, just call me Larry Flick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now I'm going to get a text message from Larry Flick. Lawson is so funny. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite. My favorite, (laughs) Mike Lawson. Oh, I... He, I never get any compliments from Larry. In the beginning, I used to get all these compliments from Larry Flick. I get no compliments anymore. Okay. All I get are about how wonderful you are and how wonderful Taylor is. Yeah. Well, he's an honest guy, it sounds like. I want compliments. In fact, what happens now is I'm like going to the show now, They just he and this Sergio just insult me the whole time. What, well, what, you haven't finished your Bobby Lee story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then Bobby Lee is like... Wait, then why are you not doing stand-up? And I go, well, he's like, no, man. You got these two podcasts, 
and you're on the radio, you have to do stand-up. And it's, it's dumb. You're, like, leaving money on the table. You're going to get back into stand-up. And he did, like, Mike Lawson. It was almost out of a movie. Like, this half-hour, maybe 20-minute long, inspirational, Joe should go back to stand-up comedy speech. Yeah. Show me the money. You can't kind handle of. the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I get it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it was um super inspirational. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do stand-up comedy again. Mine I've done no work since then. Are you no going to I... though? Are you like thinking you want to return or I'm thinking I might want to try and return because Bobby is kind of right. Like we have this audience, right? RuPaul's Drag Race recap has an audience. So now we're up to 40 people who listen, right? Sure. But then Larry <laughs> Larry Larry's audience, you know, has a sizable national audience. It is kind of dumb for me not to be able to go like, hey, I'm going to be at the comedy store this weekend, Saturday, blah, blah, blah. Come out and check me out. Even if it sells 10 tickets, even if it sells 15 tickets, like, then it builds and you build an audience. That's, that's, that's what, so the thing is, what's so funny is we know people and they have a podcast and for instance, it's kind of unusual probably if you're outside of LA to have a podcast. But in LA, every single fucking person has a goddamn podcast, okay? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the, especially if you're a comic. It's sort of the joke. Every comic has a podcast. And it's one of these things where the reason they get a podcast is to promote their comedy. Well, I haven't been doing stand-up since I've been doing the podcast. So it's funny that I've built up this audience, but now there's nowhere for them to go. So I think sure. I might. Like, you send them the diabetes things, you know? Yeah. Where do I send them? <laughs> um, hey, was Polly Shore there that night? Polly Shore was there that night, yes. That is so weird. So I watched Encino Man this weekend. <laughs> uh-huh. And while we were wa- – Steve and I watched it, and Steve knew nothing about the movie. But I was like, you don't really understand, like, this weirdo – like we talked like him and it's so weird to see it now because it's ridiculous hey buddy while we were sitting there uh watching the movie i uh googled him and just kind of was checking in and he's kind of cute now right yeah you know what mike lawson it's so funny that you say that so I didn't. Paulie Shore wasn't just cruising around the comedy store like hey hold on hey buddy he wasn't doing that um McQueen and I wanted at one point to get like a, a drink. So we went like to the kitchen essentially. We were in the kitchen of the comedy store and getting drinks and hanging out and talking to the waiters and waitresses. And he was back there like being a manager, like running the comedy store. That's what he does now. And oh. he's like dressed in normal clothes. And I was looking at him going like, Polly Shore's kind of hot. I So he, like the hair was one of the big issues when he was young, like when I look back on him now. But he also just was like – not just like he was so 80s he was like the icon of the 80s like the it's so weird to like praise him though but i would say early I mean? like people 90s were, yeah 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 but like people were copying his dress and stuff so by the time it got to normal people a lot of times it was watered down but like he was like in a fishnet um shirt and you know what i mean with his uh purple bandana and just like just weirdness and so to see him kind of without all of that, it's almost like a brand new person. When I yeah, no, he was dressed like a normal human being, like a, like a normal guy in his late 40s, early 50s. Oh. Well, so I was just looking at uh, Bobby Lee's Twitter, and he had a, the set list for that night at the comedy store. So that's why I said that. Interesting, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, what's funny, though, is he was like, he's like, yeah, man, I have a podcast, too. But I think, like, his podcast is, like, gigantic or something like that. Like, not super gigantic, but he has, like, he's like, a big yeah. 
I have like 50,000 followers or subscribers. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. He has 88,000 followers on Twitter. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't mean, he didn't say the number, but I was just like, oh my God, your podcast. He's like, like, do you have your podcast? I have my podcast. And I was like, okay. Yep, exact same thing. Yeah, exact same thing. That's right. He's all, yeah, I, I pack theaters and like arenas now because of my podcast. Because he was talking about how his podcast has totally catapulted his stand up. Like, yeah. the stand up. Oh, we did, we've done live shows at Pride 48 in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've had like, oh, We're like yeah. the same. Yeah, We're yeah, basically yeah. the same. We're the same. Like, and did you have, you know, like Tim from Alaska in your audience? And, and, uh, Nico Martinez? Do you know all of your? Do you know every single audience member by name? If I tell you a joke, do will you promise to bleep it out? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're. You were motivated to do comedy, but aren't sure if you're going to. Yeah. I, well, I want to. <laughs> I want to do. I want to return to stand up. Are you speaking it because then it's harder to like renege or? No, you. I know what it takes. It's almost like going back to the gym in a weird. But if, imagine if imagine though, like you used to go to a nice gym, but to go back to that gym, you have to, you have to start at like a shitty piece of shit gym. Oh. So that's the one thing is, for me to go back. I mean, it's been years, Mike. It's been, God. Every time I think about it, Mike, it's been like five years. So, for me to go back. I need to go, which believe it or not, I strangely like, but I have to go to like to like the Ha Ha Cafe in North Hollywood. Okay. Oh my god. I I told uh uh former friend of the show, young Master Shane. <laughs> he's actually still friend I think he listens still actually. I told friend of the show, young Master Shane once. I took him there and go, This is where dreams come to die. It's like the set like there's homeless people. first of all, the shows are like six PM. Okay. Right? Every day you just sign up. And people just go up there and tell their sh- – they're all beginners and they're doing their shitty jokes. And it's homeless people just going in there to sleep. It's awful. It smells like pee. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. But I, I kind of strangely love it because no one's there to hear comedy. Everyone is either homeless and trying to sleep or just <laughs> or just or just waiting to go up and get their turn and leave, you know? Right. And so you yeah. tell a joke – and it's literal crickets. It's literal, like, no one responds. It could be the funniest joke and no one responds. And in, and in a weird kind of way, and this was always true when I was doing stand-up, I love it because I just giggle so much at me bombing so hard. And pe- or people just ignoring me. But it is – it does it does wear on you. And you're like, what's the point of me doing this? But what happens is you get good. That's the good thing is you go and you do it and you do it. and you're The funny thing is they're not there to hear you – um, they're not there to laugh, but you're not there really to make them laugh. You're there to to do your set and record it and listen and listen for the little ticks that you're doing and fix this and fix that and fix this and fix that. And, and it, you would think, oh, why don't you just do it in your room and save yourself some money? But um, the, you, you do strangely need human beings there and the energy. And um, so you need to do it, but it is it, it's it's going to the gym. It's essentially going to the gym and, and getting the real work goes when you go home and then you literally analyze every word you say. And um, yeah. Anyway, what's going on with you, Mike Lawson? Hey, Joe. Um, 
Well, I the other day, a buddy of mine here in San Francisco, he had um, asked me to come out for drinks. And so I did. Okay. And, and I'm trying to think if it's okay to say his name or not. <laughs> um, so my buddy Bryce invited me out for drinks. And um, he was like... Uh, uh, oh, a friend of mine is in town. My, so Bryce used to live in New York City. He has a bunch of like kind of Broadway dancer type friends. And he was like, a buddy of mine is touring. My buddy is touring with King and I right now. So mm-hmm. why don't we all meet up for drinks? So we're drinking whatever. <laughs> Bryce and I meet up first. He like, and- I, he, right now we're doing a production of Queen and I. Did he make that joke? Because you're a, a queen. Sorry. So he was like, you know what? When Those um, are the jokes I'll be doing at Haha ha Cafe next Tuesday at 6 p.m. if you want to be homeless and sleep. Yeah, it's not, not only uh, will the bar smell like shit. Yeah. Those are the jokes I go so home and I jokes. analyze word for word. Like, oh, if I would have just said queen in a different place, it would have really, really landed. So he was like, look, my friend who shows up, um, he." so we got there before the friend. And he was like, look, my friend who shows up, he's... A very attractive. And oh, wait in fact, a minute. Wait a minute. He's on tour with King and I? Yeah. That means there's a high probability of Asian, and we all know how you feel about them. Ooh. Burn, chicka, bong, bong. So Bryce is like, look, we dated before, but um, he's incredibly handsome, but you'll. I hope that you'll also see that when he gets here, like, he talks as if he's like intellectual but when you like actually have conversations with him you could kind of understand that he's not <laughs> so it's like fake intellectual almost oh right oh my god that is so weird that, okay finish the story i have i have a version of that i was just talking about this go ahead so the guy shows up and bryce is right he is beautiful um there's something weird about well i he's i'm kind of worried about this whole story actually now that i start saying it because I don't want to, like, shit talk the guy. He was a nice guy. But anyway, he's sitting there talking, and Bryce is like, oh, yeah, how's grad school going? He was like, oh, well, I'm, like, doing this and that. And um, he he just produced something, which is um, I did this one-person show based on my mother's life. So I don't know. <laughs> And we're like, oh, cool. And then he's like, um, he used the word dichotomy. The way he used the word dichotomy, I was mm-hmm. like, checked out, like, mm-hmm. done with this conversation. It's yeah. getting late, guys. Like, it was really funny. But anyway, so he's doing King and I, and it eventually got around to the whole conversation about the the show he's doing and stuff. And I had to admit to everybody there that, like, Oscar and Hammerstein stuff just doesn't do it for me. Wait, and it Oscar, never has. Ham- Oscar Hammerstein is the name of the guy. Oh, I didn't know that. Rogers and, and Hammerstein. Oh, Rogers and Hammerstein. That's what I meant. Doesn't do it for me. Um, I thought they were two people. And By the way, gayest moment on the show of all time. I don't know, Joe. <laughs> if you guys could think of a better uh, gayer moment, just text, tweet it to us at CU Podcast. So um, tweet us if you know a gayer moment. But anyway, Rogers and Hammerstein, like just the old kind of musicals like that don't really do it for me. No big deal. Um, but they were like, no, you know what? This is a, such a pretty version of it and it's political and the time is right for all of this stuff. Right. And so the very next day I got rushed to cut to, I name I named the theme song 
Joba Tance. Joba Tance. How does Shall We Dance go? <laughs> I think you were singing a Beauty and the Beast song. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like King and I, so I, I know there's a song called Shall We Dance. I just put Joba Tance, yeah. but I uh, don't really know how Shall We Dance goes. So... Um, I, so I went and saw it and it actually was pretty good. Um, way, I think it was one of those situations where you expected very little, so it was easy to impress me. Uh, but it was so good. But when I got there, um, so I rushed, uh, the show. So I got, which is very common. It's not hard to get a single seat and a pretty good seat for the rush price, which is usually like 40 bucks. I got probably a $150 seat, you know? But I'm always sitting next to people I, because it's That's always how like a theater works. The one <laughs> you can, it is possible to have nobody next to you. Though. It is, but you <laughs> go ahead. All right, you're just being a dick. Well, no, um, how am I being a dick? <laughs> that's how a theater works. You don't think that's being a dick, really? So anyway, ahead, there sorry. was people next to me, and it was a thing. But um, what's up with you? Wait, that's the end of the story? Yeah, I don't feel like going on. What's up with you? Wait, 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 wait. Why are you mad? Because I said... Oh, God. You're mad because I said that's how a theater works? I'm not mad. I just don't have the joy of, like, telling this story anymore. It's gone. No, but I want to find out what happened to... Wait, wait, hold on. Let me ask questions. Did something happen at King and I? No. Do you have another story? We're about 30 minutes into this. Hold, please. I have another question. I feel that you realize that this this is my this is my statement here because I want to go back to something but I don't know if you want to go back to this. You said earlier in the story that Bryce warned you that the friend uses a lot of not like it, it speaks in a very like intellectual like language he drops ten dollar word kind of way. But then I feel like then you realize I shouldn't be telling that story. Is that one of the reasons why we're, you were trying to get out of the story? No. That kind of happened to me with Comedy no. Store because I realized the big part of the Bobby Lee story was this awkward Melissa McQueen story. That's actually really the story. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm in this story. And now I can't tell that story. And now I got to tell this. I, I tried to make like a false ending. Well, no, Bobby Lee really did give... Uh, an inspirational co- sound of comedy speech. That would, but that wouldn't have been like the big moment in the story. Yeah, I mean, there was stuff with the people that sat next to me in the conversations we had, but it now feels just no, dumb to go over because like the this. momentum is gone. Don't be like this. Tell me about the people that sat next to you. I didn't realize the joke was going to make you so angry. No, I'm not angry. I'm just ready to move on. The only thing that's making me angry is that we're still here. Well, this is a perfect segue into uh, my next story, which is, um, which I was sneaking suspicion you're going to side with Evil John on this next story. But um, I went to go see, uh, have you heard of this movie Nocturnal Animals with uh, Tom Ford directed it? No. This movie is so horrible. I don't, well, it's weird. It's a, it's, I have weird feelings in this movie. I know there's not a movie review show, but. There's like, it's a movie. It's one of the movies that have a movie within a movie, right? Mm-hmm. And Jake Gyllenhaal's pretty much, he's technically in both movies, but he's really not. He's technically in the movie within the movie. 
So the Jake Gyllenhaal movie is pretty good, actually, right? The Amy Adams part, like, so bad. Like, the mm, first 10 I minutes, like her a lot. Uh, no, no, I like, it has nothing to do with her. The writing is atrocious. Atrocious. The writing is, like, literally like a high school kid trying to write, like, a super heady drama wrote it. It's so bad. It's like, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm watching this on screen right now. That's how bad it is. Okay. So, but I go with the Johns to watch this Nocturnal Animals, right? But we get there right when, like, we have, like, seconds to spare to get in, right? Well, no, we have a few minutes. The movie's going to start. It's the arc light. The arc light does not fuck around. They start things right on time. And we have a few minutes, and I go, I'm going to get some popcorn and all that stuff. I have enough time to do that, right? And, of course, the guy that I get, it's his first, like, like the guy who's serving the line is going really fast. And then I, it's my turn, and then the guy switches out the cash drawer, and this new guy comes. He's like, you're my very first customer. This is my first day, and this is my, you're my first customer. It took him so long to get me a popcorn and a soda and a box of uh, Reese's Pieces. So long, Mike Lawson. Did you get to the movie in time? No. Well, yes, in that I walked in right when the, you know, like when the movie theater, like, logo comes on. So I missed the trailers. Okay. That's not that bad, but could you get a seat? Well, then we're we're sitting in in the middle of this long row. And now now because the logos come on, now it's pitch black. That's how theaters are, Joe. Well, I'm not surprised, but I'm just saying this is the moment in the theater when it's pitch black. And now mm-hmm. I'm doing like the, excuse me, excuse me. And I'm carrying like popcorn yeah, and a soda. Worst. I know. Yeah. I, Mike, I felt horrible. And then people are not. I am. The- I'm more. I'm more forgiving for that, though, because that's diff- you showed up on time that you, you know, bought all the concessions and everything. I'm not mad at that. What I'm not even mad when people get up and go to the bathroom or anything like that's just part of a theater experience. It's when people are doing things that you can avoid, like talking or, you know, being dumb. Oh, yeah, there was none of that going on. But um, I'm trying to get through, and people should just fucking stand up, all right? I don't yeah. know why they don't. And so, like, I step on this guy's foot, and he goes, Oh, fuck, right? And he like, screams, like, fuck. And cause it, well, because it's raining that day, so I'm wearing giant boots. Right, uh-huh. and I'm like, sorry, 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 and then like, Evil John is just like head in his hands, like so embarrassed. So I sit down. We watch the movie. Now it's like the time because they do a Q and A afterwards with Tom Ford. Yeah. So it's like that weird downtime between the movie and and then t- and Evil John goes, "You are the loudest popcorn eater I've ever heard in my entire life." Which I don't know if I was particularly loud. I don't know what he's talking about. Okay. And I go, what? And he goes, you ate your popcorn so loud. Like, it was embarrassing. And I go, I don't know what you're talking about. I go, you know, you're the person who, like, full on turns on his phone. Like, and look for Pokemon, you know, like. And he goes, those people are assholes at the Hollywood Bowl. I don't care about them. And we start getting into it. And John Paul's like, separate us. And then the Tom Ford Q&A happened in. It was fine. Good. But and then you guys drive on. home and everything's fine? No, no, no. We have different Did cars. Did you drive together? Oh, okay. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No. Um, but I did see Evil John. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did see Evil John a couple of days after that. And um, 
I went to their house, and they're just so funny. I like, I, I, I'm so obsessed with their life. Like, I popped in, I was in the neighborhood, and I needed to pick up something from John Paul. And he goes, "Oh, we're making dinner." And they were making. Have you ever made the spaghetti squash? Yeah, I've never so made it before. Yeah, it is so good. And so they, but they made it, and and Evil John was like, "The spaghetti squash isn't cooked enough." <laughs> He's so mad about everything. <laughs> And by the way, I had some. It was fine. The, the spaghetti was completely fine. I don't know what he's so angry about. Hmm. So angry. Hey, Joe, I have a news story. We haven't done news stories in a while, but this one caught my attention, and I wanted to know your opinion about stuff. Um, but it doesn't take place in L.A. or San Francisco, but I still think it's relevant to our lives. So a London man who murdered four gay men he met online was sentenced Friday to life in prison without parole in a case that has been substantially wait in a case that has seen substantial criticism of police response so um you may have heard this story uh steven port who was 41 years old he actually looks like a skinny charles bukowski and charles bukowski wasn't you know a big guy but uh steven port 41 but he has like that hanging face and everything like that yeah, you should look at it. Uh, no, dude, if I look up, if I look if I look it up on my computer, this thing will freeze. Oh. Be, that's when the tracks will not sink. And uh, look later, Stephen Port, forty-one, was convicted Wednesday of the murders of Anthony Walgate, Gabriel Kovari, Daniel Whitworth, and Jack Taylor, who all were given lethal overdoses of the drug GHB. According to The Guardian, Port was also found guilty of several other charges, including drugging and raping other men who survived. And the dead men ranged in age from 21 to 25. But here's the here's the actual story, like the the part that's fascinating to me. Port had a fetish for sex with unconscious men, and he testified that he didn't intend to actually drug the victims that resulted in death. Okay, I understand all of that. So the judge ruled basically. He said that he accepts that the intention was only to cause serious harm rather than death, but he had to have known and foreseen that there was a high risk of death, and particularly particularly after that first victim, he should have known that there is a high risk, right? So the murders took place at his apartment over fifteen months, but he would drag the bodies outside and leave them on the street. And London's Metropolitan Police initially thought that the victims had administered the drugs themselves, even though there were similarities between all four of these deaths. So four guys showed up overdosed uh, on the street. In the same uh, spot? Same, same spot. And one of them, Joey, here is the absolute fucking ki- kicker. And I'm surprised you haven't heard about the story because of this. They even took at face value a suicide note that the killer guy, Port, planted on Whitworth and the suicide note included the line, please do not blame the guy I was with last night. <laughs> Named Stephen Port, it who did not give me GHB. specifically says, do not blame that guy. And they're like, oh, okay. So, I I don't know. It's so fucking bizarre, bizarre and weird, but... Wait, um, so I have a lot of questions. Some of you may not be able to answer. One, I know, yeah. I think you can were the guys that died cute? There's no photos of them. Oh. Um, but I would I mean he he clearly has a type, right? So this 41-year-old man had Uh-oh. a very small range. No, it's oh. nothing ageist or anything. He does have an age range that he likes to sleep with cuz 
all of these men are within 21 to 25. That's like a very small specific age range for a man that's not in that age range, right? So it's not mm-hmm. like guys my age. It's like a specific uh, window. Um, so that's all I was really saying. I bet you they probably have similar, you know, physical features as well. Maybe they're all kind of twinky guys or are all one type of body. That's uh-huh. all I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know what they look like. Yeah. Specifically. And they all moved to New Hampshire. Like, uh, the suicide note says, I'm moving to New Hampshire. Um, what was I going to say? Um, okay, question <laughs> number... So that makes you the murderer? Are you yeah. the murderer? I'm the murderer. I, <laughs> I, I want to confess right now. My next question is... Oh, I had another question. I'm, that was the one you wouldn't be able to answer, I don't think. Oh, I know what it is. So here's the, the part that's really confusing to me is, where does the guy live? London? Yeah. So here's what's tricky is London is known as they have the CCTV. They have literally cameras everywhere throughout London that can pretty much catch anything. I remember um, former friend of the show, Jonathan, was peeing once in an, in an alley in London and the lights came on and the police came over the intercom and were like, get away or something like that, you know, don't do that. So that's it's shocking that at some point he didn't show up on CCTV. Huh. That's weird too. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway. He uh, must have known where the blind spot was. Maybe I'm sure there's blind spots. Sure. And I mean if it's his home, maybe he, you know, knew directly outside of his door or his back door or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. Um mm. Yeah. What do you got uh going on next week? Oh, you know what? Before we get to that, Joey. On last week's episode, Joe suggested that I should have brought my flashlight on the camping oh, yeah. trip. I'm dying to hear these results. We threw that up on Twitter as a poll, and we asked people specifically, do they agree with Joe that I should have brought the flash flashlight, or disagreed with Joe that I should have not brought the flashlight? And your options were agree, weenie roast, or disagree, frozen weenie, and weenie roast won. People thought, 65% of our listeners thought that I should have brought a flashlight on my camping trip with me. Um, why don't you guys go to twitter.com slash CU podcast or just find us at CU podcast and we'll have a poll uh, with a question about this week's show. Very good. What do you got uh, going on next week? Next week, I don't, I'm, I'm supposed to go to a Christmas party with a uh, former or current friend of the show, Alex and Garita. Uh-huh. And... I think that's all I have planned. What do you got going on? Uh, um, nothing. We, um, I was gonna maybe try to go. S- the Lion King's in town, and Steven's like, Steve. I called him Steven. That was weird. Steve. <laughs> have you ever is, called him Steven? Well, it's not his name. He's not Steven. Oh, do you think because Steven Port was the name of the murderer? Oh, maybe it was in my head. Yeah. But Steve is really, really interested in seeing the Lion King. So. Um, I'm going to try to get tickets. I think that it's going to be hard this weekend, though, because it, it's only in its second week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Here's the it thing. Might, I, I've never seen – I mean, I've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's one of those shows like – and everyone always says, like, oh, it's so good, you know? But I feel like I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, I think Steve's favorite Broadway musical is, like, Wicked or – Well, he doesn't really like musicals, like right? That. He likes, like, the – uh, amusement park musical like a show that if there was a show that was like would have would be at disneyland do you know what mm-hmm. i mean like oh. a 20 minute stage show 
yeah. where you know confetti falls from the sky at the end. That's what yeah. he goes to the theater to like see. And Beauty I'm not and judging Beast. it. Yeah. I am not judging it, but it is certainly a type of musical. And um, actually, speaking of uh, not Roger Hammerstein, um, Cinderella was in town, and Steve is like, I really want to see Steve Cinderella, based in Ooh. part by the by the most recent movie version, which he loved. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I promise you, you won't no, like it. No. Promise. <laughs> so luckily I talked him out of it, but um, it, it just wouldn't have been his thing. But when you see Cinderella, you think like, I don't know, Disney, you know, and it's not. Yeah. So. No, it's uh, not. I, I, but anyway. What's funny, I really like Steve. I think Steve is so nice, but I'm starting to question his pop culture tastes. Why? He likes, well, I, t- I mean... He likes big movies. He likes blockbusters and what about television? Sci-fi movies. Television. He can get it. He doesn't like um, things with heavy dialogue. Like if you look, I'm sure there's like a term for it, but he doesn't like where all, a lot of the action or the joke or something is in dialogue. He likes it when it's in something more visible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what, have you talked to him about it? Like, what's his reasoning here? So he wouldn't like, like, Community, or he wouldn't like, like, 30 Rock. Well, he watches 30 Rock, um, but 30 Rock has a lot of sight gags. But oh, it does. It does. He right. he does watch 30 Rock. Um, I don't – it's really bizarre, though, because uh, recently – and I was telling somebody recently this, so if it was you on the show, stop me because I don't want to repeat it, but we were watching Westworld on HBO – and it's the first episode and he got so mad at me because i said something like i just kept asking questions i was like wait is that a real person then or is this a robot how do you know it's a rope like just all these questions he's like i don't understand why you don't get this and what's weird is he does the exact same thing to me if we're watching a movie where it's mostly dialogue he's like well how do you know that they're in atlanta and i'm like because they keep saying it like we just pick up different details and i think that i'm just more focused on dialogue and he's more focused on action and he picks up on that kind of stuff hmm i don't know interesting i also can't yeah. imagine steve being angry oh he wasn't that was as angry as ever he's ever been and all he said was like why don't you get this i don't know it wasn't really angry, angry. what's the biggest fight you guys have ever had well that you could that you don't mind sharing oh my god <laughs> no they're all stupid fight like we've only had stupid fights about stupid stuff i would say the most recent how about that because it's easier to kind of unpack instead of adding like saying this is a a heavier fight than the others right so the most recent we went for this hike uh up to alamir falls uh up this way Mm -hmm. and when we were going well first of all it was (laughs) i hope he doesn't hear this because now i'm unpacking some of it well he hasn't been listening huh true like uh, mike i've decided to start listening <laughs> to this episode um while we were so first of all i told you i've been having some anxiety and some work stuff and i yes. started seeing a therapist all of it so we actually had um some talks where i was like you know what i'm have, struggling to make decisions like this weekend it would be good for me if or it would feel relaxing if i could uh give you a lot of the decision making that would make me happy together we decided we're going to go for a hike but Aside from that, like, I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know what time. I didn't know any of that. He was taking care of all of that, okay? So we're almost there, and 
he's like, oh, you know what? This is kind of a, a long hike. It's uh, It was probably 11 o'clock. And he's like, we might be three or four hours. And I was like, oh, well, like, have you thought about lunch? <laughs> and he was like, no, I don't like to hike when I'm eating. Or I don't like to hike with food in my stomach. And I was like. But you're diabetic. Yeah. And I took insulin for the day. Like, this is a problem for me, right? Yeah. So, So there was that. And, like, that immediately, like. In my head, I'm like, oh, this was selfish of him. And so, like, I got stuck in my head about that. And I, like, struggled to kind of get out of my head. But then as we're getting out of the car, he was like, um, we also talked where uh, before I left the house, I was like, should I bring a backpack? Like, should I? I could carry stuff in it if we need to. I have a backpack. And he's like, no, I have this bag that I'll carry, which was like a drawstring backpack, which I won't carry. I don't like that. I don't like that. but I do have a backpack if you want me to bring a backpack. No, I'll carry this drawstring bag. It's fine. Okay. So we're getting out of the car. We're getting ready to hike. I'm already mad because of the lunch thing. And as we're going, he was like, you know what? Um, this bag is heavier than I thought it would be, but we could just switch off back and forth. And I was like, oh, the only thing in there is my blood glucose meter. I'll just leave it in the car and you could carry it. Like take everything of mine out and it's all yours, right? Yeah. And so he got mad, and he put all his stuff in the car, too. And then uh, that was probably our biggest fight. Or, I'm sorry, our most, most recent fight. That's not, that's not that bad, though. Yeah. Well, it made for, like, an awkward first 30 minutes of the hike where, like, nobody was talking to nobody. But did you ever get sick because you didn't have lunch? Yeah. So before we got back to the car, my blood sugar was low, and we had to talk about how maybe he, I would sit down and he would hike back to the car and get something from the car and bring it back to us. But it's okay. Everything's good. Life is good. Yeah, it's not a big problem. I didn't die. No, you did not. Wouldn't be funny, like, so. you didn't die on your alone camping trip, but you died on a hiking thing with your boyfriend. <laughs> because he was supposed to plan lunch. Yeah. He's like, oh, whoops. That would be a great way to kill a diabetic, though. What, not give them lunch? Well, just like, I planned this long hike and I didn't bring any lunch. Oops. Or you could just bring, like, lunch boxes, but they're empty. Yeah. Oh, and oh, I have my insulin though. Oh, I forgot it. What would happen if I was low blood sugar with no yeah. insulin? That's good though. Like insulin gives me high, oh, low blood sugar. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, so next week I got really nothing, and you got close to nothing too. It sounds like it's gonna be a great show next week. It will. All right, make sure you follow us on Twitter at CU Podcast and vote in the poll. The new poll. That's up. The new poll. All right, Joey. Well, it was nice catching up with you. Was it, though? Was it, Mike Lawson? I say that every week. (laughs) Go to hell. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, I mean, use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.